Welcome to Uniquely Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners share their unique stories to inspire our listeners. Welcome to Season 3 of Uniquely Small Biz by Selective Insurance, a podcast for small business owners to share their inspiring stories. I'm Carolyn McArdle, and we are so excited to be bringing you another round of insightful conversations with small business owners who are as unique as their ventures. Today, I'm joined by owner and creator of Mopuiz Bakery, Christine Allen. Mopuiz Bakery is a top eight allergen-free and vegan bakery serving New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Christine joins us to share her story and give a little bit of sweet insight into running a successful business. So get ready. It's time for Uniquely Small Biz, brought to you by Selective Insurance. I want to jump right in and ask you, Christine, what makes Mopuiz Bakery unique? So many things. First of all, Mopi's Bakery came out of a mom, myself, trying to figure out something, how to create something for my child. So I have 11-year-old twins, and they have a, my son had a lot of food allergies, and I had to create pop allergen-free and vegan and all that stuff. So there's not a lot of bakeries out there that's doing what we do. And I think it's unique because there's so much passion and love and because it's my day-to-day life. That's what makes it so special and also very unique and also a niche business as well. Are you guys vegan, gluten-free, wheat-free? Soy-free, yes. So we are... Soy-free, nut-free? Yep. So we are top 10 allergen-free. So that's dairy, eggs, nuts, gluten, soy, tree nuts, sesame, fish, shellfish, and mustard. Mustard? Mustard. Is there a mustard allergy? There's an allergy for everything. There's a corn allergy. (laughs) There's a potato allergy. You name it, it's out there. So right now we're top 10 allergen free. Yes. I have celiac, so I'm gluten free. Okay. So I just want you to know, I appreciate appreciate what you do. And I know the ingredients are more expensive. Yes. And I know it's, yeah, I know (laughs) it's difficult, but from the consumer standpoint, when I was first diagnosed with celiac and I was told no more flour, no more wheat, no more rye, no more barley, going to a bakery was not an option for me. I mean, in the beginning when you don't know, and this was 10 years ago or 12 years ago when I was diagnosed. And Mm -hmm. even back then, nobody was gluten-free. And it's come a long way, but it's bakeries like yours and businesses like yours that I just want to say thank you because I appreciate it so much that I can go to your bakery now and not just have one thing that's tucked back in the corner on the shelf and you have a lot. (laughs) Everything, everything. And that's the great thing about why I wanted to actually have a storefront because I know for our family, my eldest, who's going to be 23 next week, He started out with just eight allergies, one being gluten-free, and we had to drive all the way to New York just to get him a cupcake or a cake for his birthday because there was nothing out there 20 years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember him getting the Lundberg's rice cake because that's, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm familiar. (laughs) So that's all he was able to have. And I was like, I want to create something where, kids and family could come in and not just say, I can only have 
this one thing, but I wanted everything to be safe. We mm. have created such a family community at the bakery. Um, we have this amazing wall where we have everyone write their names, where they're from. And we have people from Germany and Italy and all over the place that has actually come into the storefront. And they're so appreciative. And during COVID, it was so hard because I'm a hugger and we're, parents are always so emotional when they come in and see that their child could eat a cupcake and be safe and just the smiles on their faces when they put their hands on the bakery cases and they look through it and they're like, mm -hmm. I could have everything. Like just yeah. that look of joy and happiness. And then the moms start crying and they're like, you have no idea. And I'm like, I do, I do. And we hug and we crazy? cry and it's just wonderful. It's really nice. I, you know, I was thinking about it as you were telling me that just now about the kids that come in with their parents. Yeah. As an adult, I was relieved to find gluten-free bakeries and more gluten-free options, but, and, and just allergy-free in general. But then I think about it when you're talking about the standpoint of a parent, what that has to be like to yeah. say to your child, you, you can't, can't have a have cupcake that. here. You can't have, that's gotta be just heartbreaking. It is. It really is. I've been going through it for a lot. And especially now with my 11 year old son, his name is Maddox and his sister Senye, his twin sister Senye, she doesn't have any allergies at all. So she could have the cheese and the milk and the Cheetos and the Oreos and everything. And he just sits there like, you know, why can't I have that? Like, that's not that's fair. So, sad. so yeah. you know, it's like not being invited to parties because, you know, mm -hmm. like nobody wants to take on the risk of having their child, you know. So mm -hmm. we create that for parents that they could come in and they could get like a really nice cake. And the, the great thing about what we do at Mopri's Bakery is that we want their cakes to be even better than the regular cake. So we want to make it awesome. We want to make it amazing that even though we have allergies, doesn't mean that we can have an amazing cake. Doesn't mean that we can't have an Elmo cake or a superhero cake or whatever. So we do it all just for, just for the kids and for the parents too, because it's such a joy when your kids feel included and, you know, involved. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. an amazing feeling. Is your bakery 100% allergy free or yes. do you just offer? Okay. No, so cross contamination is not an option then? No, definitely not. So we are top 10 allergen free and our facility is also top 10 allergen free. Wow. So I, we have customers that call in that says, you know, I can have gluten, but I can't have eggs or I can have soy, but I can't. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's the only way. That's the only way I know how to bake. Mm -hmm. So there, there is no, yeah. there's no substitution. There is cross contamination when it comes to someone who may have a rice allergy. So we would have to, if it's out of our top 10, then all of those custom orders are done at the beginning of the day so that there is no, you know, like flour particles or anything like that. And everything, we have separate gloves and separate pans and all that stuff. So everyone is safe. I wish every business could take a page out of your book ah, and do what you do for the allergy you. people of the world. It, it's incredible. I went to a coffee shop yesterday, got a coffee and a frittata. They mm -hmm. said no wheat in the frittata. And I said, well, is it gluten free? Um, let me ask. <laughs> Came back. Well, there's no wheat. But is it gluten free? Right. Yeah, it is. Right. And I was like, no. I can't take the risk, exactly. you know? And 
So when you're describing your bakery and even the fact that you, if you have those custom orders, like for example, like you said, a rice allergy, you do it first thing in the morning when the kitchen is totally, totally, totally clean and nothing else has been prepared. The respect that you have for your customers is pretty admirable. Thank you. Well, I have to do that because I know for my son and Unfortunately, he's our little guinea pig. <laughs> I know, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> poor thing. Because <laughs> if we are doing something for him, so even though I am top 10 allergen free, he actually can't just eat anything from my bakery. I still have to bake custom for him because one of the flowers that I use, he's also allergic to. So when we do his products, we have to put it on the top of the shelf. We have to pull mm the plastic down over the bakery rack because the particles can't get on his product. So we know that from trial and error that just the particles alone can cause a reaction. So we take so much care in making sure because all of my customers' kids, they're my kids too, because I know what happens to a child that gets a reaction, the lip swelling, the itching, anaphylaxis. I don't want that. I need to sleep at nights. So I always say like, we bake with so much love, so much care. And I'm like, there is, if you're not having good, happy vibes in the kitchen, we have to go outside, take a break, take some deep breaths and come back in. Cause we wanted everything to be good. Like, you know, just good vibes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How's that feel for you when you see these kids that come in and their hands are on the glass, as you said, or the people that come in from out of town or they're actually crying because they're so happy to have found you? How does that feel like in your heart as a business owner? It's a love fest. And I posted something on Instagram. I think it was last week, not this, the week before um, last week. And a customer came in. She brought me a plant. And she was just saying how grateful she was that we were still there during COVID and everything. We're still standing. She was so grateful for us. And then Mm. there was another parent who came in. She had three boys and they all had different allergies and they were all able to eat. And she was so emotional. And it just like my heart was just so full, like just joy and love. And I was like, what a love fest. I just like Mm -hmm. I feel the love. And it's so amazing just to hear people's stories and they send us messages. People love our apple cider donuts because sometimes people eat it and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't had an apple cider donut in 20 years because yeah. they can't get a cider donut that's gluten-free, you nope. know? so Not a good one. Not a good one, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, it's such a love fest, like, you know, most of the times where you're getting people's feedback and you're seeing the kids and they're so happy when they get mm. to, you know, eat a cookie or get a decorated cookie or just just the simple things. It's like it's the simple things that makes people so happy. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, your cakes, I was looking online, are beautiful. Thank you. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. We have an amazing team of cake decorators and they they do magic. They do magic every day and it's amazing. I'm so thankful for the team that I have. Oh, where did the name come from? I, I didn't look it up, but I have a guess. Okay. Was it 
by chance one of your kids saying, I want more, please, but they said mo peas. There, mo- pe- there you go. That's it. Is that really the story? That really is the story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had a feeling. I'm like, what would this be? And I kept saying it out loud, mo please, mo. Pe-. And I'm like, that sounds like more, please. I wonder if it's the kids. That, that's it. So they had their birthday, second birthdays, but that's when the whole thing started. Mm-hmm. And I made banana muffins. Okay. For their birthday, because I couldn't, there was no one to make them a, a cake. There was no one yeah. to make my son a cake. So I made banana muffins and I handed it out and I gave the kids and they went, Mo, please. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> so that was the first is the thing cutest. asking for Mo, please. It's like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing name. So that's where the name came from. That's adorable. I'm glad that was the answer. I really wanted that to be the answer. So that makes me very happy too. Yes. Your history as far as being a baker, are you, do you have a cooking background or a culinary background of any kind? Or did this just develop from you making banana muffins for the kids? So the latter, absolutely. So no, I do not have a baking background at all. Mm. I'm not even the cook in my family. My husband. <laughs> my no, husband well, cooks. I would imagine after being at a bakery all day, the all last day. thing you want to do when you get home is cook. cook. Exactly. So I don't have a baking background. This all came by divine intervention is what I always say. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I had to figure out a way to make something for our son. And everything came to me in dreams, which seems weird, but that's exactly how it happened. I did not know how to frost a cupcake. It came to me in dreams. My recipes came to me in dreams. I know it's weird, but that is my story. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. Do you literally just, did you wake up and go, you know what? I think I know how to frost a cupcake. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of things that, especially my custom items where people want to do like potato starch free and rice free and all of these things free. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know how. So unfortunately, which is my husband tells me all the time, it's not a good thing. I don't Mm -hmm. write the recipes down because it's all here my custom wow. blends. So it's more like, you know, I'm I'm putting something in and I'm like, I think I should add this and I think I should add that. And it's more texture and like listening to the, the mixer and it's all, I, I can't explain it, but that's how I do, especially my custom blends. It just By the way, mm-hmm. I heard about your mixer situation that the New York Jets... Ah. That the Jets and Visa gave you a $10,000 gift that you were going to buy a new mixer with. Yes. So what happened? Did that come through? Did you get the mixer? So I definitely did get the mixer because I really nice. needed a new, yeah. a bigger mixer. So that definitely happened. That was, I thought it was a prank. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine yeah. when you get an email from Visa and, the, and Jets the Jets saying, we want to give you money. Right. Yes. And I was like, what? And I actually, I missed the call. There was a voicemail and it was two days later when they sent an email that they sent, left me a message. And I'm like, what? (laughs) 
So they followed up saying, we want to give give you this money money really badly. (laughs) What was the story behind that? Had you applied for it? Was it just somebody came in and liked your, your product? Like what, how did that happen? So a fellow business owner actually saw this link somewhere and they Mm. sent it to me and we filled it out. We sent it out, totally forgot about it. And then lo and behold, we were the winner of this $10,000 and they came to the store and in their official green jets thing. And they did this whole production and video and yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I say to that? Just a locally owned business by a woman who is doing this for the good of the people and for her kids. You deserved that $10,000. I'm so glad that went to you. That's awesome. Plus, as we discussed, gluten-free, allergy-free, wheat-free, soy-free, those products are not cheap. (laughs) So, I mean, if anybody needed the money, I'm telling you, yeah, just for the product alone. Just for the ingredients alone. It's amazing. And like sourcing the ingredients has been like Mm -hmm. such a challenge with everything going on. And we were having such a hard time finding like our flower blends and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's a constant struggle, but you know, like you have to persevere. You have to keep pushing on because- Mm -hmm. People are depending on you. So you you have to keep going. You know, you could have easily just done like a gluten-free bakery or you could have done a vegan bakery. And I know this probably has to do with your son and how many allergies he had. But is that why you went top 10 for the allergens that you avoid in your kitchen? Was it because of your son when you you know what I'm saying? Like you could have just done, hey, we're gluten free. And right. left it at that. So right. did you go all the way because of your son? I did. Was that the reason? I did. Okay. I absolutely yeah. did because I knew how much of a struggle it was for yeah. him. And at the time before COVID, I even created a play space mm. because he wasn't able to have a play date with any kids because of all the allergies that he had. And I knew if I was going through that, then other parents were going through that. So I want to create such as I wanted to create such a safe haven for all of these kids that they could come in and feel like, oh, you can't touch this because it may have dairy. You can't touch the tables because it may have nuts. So I wanted it to be such a safe place for for everyone. And I never thought about just being gluten free or just vegan. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be totally safe for him. And it's still not technically safe for him because they still have to do <laughs> custom orders for him. But there's always know, something. There's always there's something. Always there's something. always something. So that yeah. was my dream to be able to do that for him and for anyone else like him and more. You know what I love too? And I feel like I just know this about your bakery without even, I've never tasted any of your products, but I have a feeling they taste really good. And as a gluten-free consumer. (laughs) I certainly know we joked about that with the apple cider donut earlier. You can very easily as a gluten-free consumer or any of the other allergens have like, let's say a donut and you take that one bite and then it just crumbles. I have a feeling that if somebody goes into your bakery and let's say they don't have any allergies and they order 
a cake or a cupcake or whatever, I'll bet you it tastes as good as what some would say the real thing. Yes. Right. I have a feeling. And that is an art, too, because that's tough. How does it feel for you to be a woman owned business? You've got to be so proud. I am. I'm very proud. I'm I, I'm actually Jamaican by birth. Ah, so, you know, a Jamaican, Jamaican. Yes, I'm a Jamaican, Jamaican born <laughs> that came no here and worked hard and yeah. had this it wasn't even a dream of mine to open a bakery. That wasn't a thought in my head, but just because of circumstances and mm-hmm. I am, you know, proud to say that, you know, I am here. I'm a small business owner, and I am mm-hmm. living the American dreams. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do before this? Were you a stay-at-home mom, or did you, were no, you in another profession? No, I was profession? actually in sales. I was actually selling optical frames. Yeah. Whoa, what yep. a jump. What I know, I know, I know, <laughs> definitely. Do you ever look back no. and say... No. <laughs> Wait, should I let you finish? Fair enough. <laughs> No, that's all we needed. No. I'm really happy for you, though. That's awesome. You mentioned social media earlier. Mm -hmm. So how are you with social media? How do you use social media? Do you use it for advertising or do you just have a platform that you respond to comments? Or like, what's your strategy with social media? So with social media, for me, I do Instagram and I do uh, Facebook. I feel like Mm -hmm. Instagram is a bit more immediate. For me, Mm -hmm. because once you post something out that you're having, whether it's a sale or, you know, like we'll be having, I don't know, like Halloween cookies or decorated cookies or whatever, whatever, then you'll start getting those pop up like, you know, when will this be available? When would that be available? So I find that Instagram is such an amazing tool to use. Mm -hmm. I'm not as savvy with it. Like there are so many things that you could like add audio and this and that and so many things. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the oh choir. Oh my goodness. So many things, but it's yeah. such an amazing tool for marketing and advertising. And I try to use it as much as I can. I don't have a marketing team. So I'm the one who's kind of like doing it as well. So it's yeah. a little, you know, like hard to try to get the post out on time and do all of this stuff. But, you know, I'm trying, I'm getting there. Boy, how many hours a day do you work? A lot. <laughs> yeah, I a bet. lot because you know <laughs> I, I have get to the store like around six thirty in the morning, and then production is until it's done. You know, production is never on till a certain time because mm-hmm. it's a bakery and you own it. Mm-hmm. And then I have the twins, so you come home, and then it's soccer, and it's music, and it's this, and it's that. So it's a lot of hours. So how do you market that? Strictly social and word of mouth? So we do events as well. And we also do marketing like in, there's like, we're in Denville in New Jersey. So we'll do like the Denville guide and we'll advertise that way as well so that it gets to more, get the word out a little bit more. Do you feel like you've got enough when it comes to customers or are you a business owner that says we could always take on more? We have the resources, bring it on. 
I mean, where do you do you see yourself wanting to expand to have other locations? Are you content with one, you know, having one location? No, I definitely want to expand. There's oh. so many people that has said like, you know, come to Long Island. We have not, especially Long Island. They're like, come to Long Island. We have nothing there. Or let's mm-hmm. go to Philadelphia. We have nothing there. Come to New York. We have nothing there. So it would be amazing to expand, but we need the resources to do that as you say, speaking to the choir. But yeah, Mm -hmm. we right now we sell to Whole Foods. So we have our cupcakes in above 45 or 50 or so Whole Foods. And we sell to some shop rides and a few mom and pop stores. But yeah, we want to get, you know, our products out to as many locations as possible so that everyone could feel the love, you know, have our amazing products and know about us because we've been in business for quite a while and I feel like there's so many people that still have no idea who we are that we even exist so mm-hmm. opportunities who would love you if they uh, found you absolutely so I feel like opportunities like this like speaking with you like mm-hmm. gives us some exposure to say oh my goodness I didn't know that this existed or that you know this was even a possibility yeah that's so neat. You're still kind of a blank canvas. You yeah. know, you've done so well in one location. It's like for you, the possibilities are are endless. Yes. Absolutely. So do you think that is your sort of it's a big question to ask, like, what's your plan? But is that your plan to to start to expand, to continue doing interviews like this, going to the the events in town? Is that how you think you're going to do it? Or do you have a bigger plan that we haven't talked about? I mean, have you hired somebody or have you talked to somebody who can help or? So right before COVID, we were actually speaking with someone in regards to like helping us to expand, but then COVID happened and then everything else happened. So we feel like we're back to square one. Vegan Dale last week was like the first event that we've done since 2019. And that felt, you know, safe enough for us to go. And that was great. But we would like to actually sit and speak with someone who could actually help us to scale up to where we need to be, because I feel like just myself and my pretty much my husband is my partner. Just, you know, just us. We're not going to get to where we need to be. On your own. On you need own. assistance to yeah, come in and absolutely. guidance. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean... You're doing so well already. I can't imagine you're not going to expand at some point. You had a little hiccup with the pandemic, as right. did as you, you know, so many. Yes. But yes, but you're going to get there. I'm excited to see what's next for you. Thank you, thank you. Me too. So happy for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I can't wait, and I'm definitely placing my order. That was not a lie. <laughs> About five minutes. <laughs> I'll look for your name. Okay, please do. I appreciate you talking with me today. Thank you, Christine, so much. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, man, that was great. Joining us now to speak about some of the considerations for building an exciting small business in the bakery space and achieving a successful marketing strategy is the Vice President, Director of Marketing, Cindy Heismeyer. Cindy, I want to start off. October is National Women's Small Business Month, obviously. I understand you're a huge advocate for 
advancing women in business. So what are some things that women can do, in your opinion, in any industry to help sort of advance their career? I think it's a real critical piece where we talk about in sales. A lot of people know this, always be closing the ABCs of sales. For women in any kind of career, I think they need to be thinking about ABL, always be learning. That's continuous learning across all different types of things, both learning more about your profession, learning from others, learning ways to be successful, learning how to fail with grace. I think it's that learning piece that is at the core of the success. Yeah. And, you know, this podcast in particular has had several successful female business owners on so far. So in your opinion, because you're so familiar with this and you see it so much, do you see a certain trait or a collective attitude that you think is contributing to their success that maybe other women that are listening to the podcast could grab some takeaways from that? You know, it's interesting because there are more women on our podcast, but also more women who are business owners in general. There's upwards of 13 million in the U.S. today. But one common trait that I see is the ability to problem solve. Women are usually pretty good at that. We have to do that in all sorts of parts of our lives, whether it be our personal life, our professional life. And that's what's the core of the entrepreneurs who are successful. They tend to find a problem it, analyze it, trying to figure out a solution, and then bring it to life. And it comes to life not only for them and their business, but for others. And I think it's having that that intellectual curiosity that is really a key to starting a small business. Yeah, I think so too. I think as entrepreneurs and, and women business owners, it's like you kind of, we've talked to so many where you have to know all facets of the industry things that you never dreamed that you would need to know. But as women, I think we figure out a way to get those answers that we're looking for and bring in resources if we need to. And and that's certainly part of what makes them successful. I'm sure you see that all the time. I do. And I think that you kind of hit on something there that I really want to bring forward. It's that networking, right? So yeah, we always have to be learning, but we don't have to know it all. We have to surround ourselves with other people who know other things. There are certain things that I'm just flat out not good at, and I probably won't be even if I try. But I know other people who are, and I can leverage the relationships and the network that I have to bring them around me. And I think that sometimes people make the mistake and think that, oh, if I have more people with seats around the table, then my power or my position might be diluted. I find it to be just the opposite. We magnify each other and then leverage that power to be even greater when we have other people around us, especially other people who are different from us. So Mm -hmm. really kind of expanding that network and finding people who maybe look different from us or think differently than we do and putting them all together, that's where the magic happens. I was just at a women's leadership conference this past week, and, you know, we were talking about leaning in and lifting up. And making sure that when we are trying to lift others up, sometimes we lean in, sometimes we need to lean back and be a little bit more intentional about the space that we create for others so they have an opportunity. And I think most of us would agree that we had others who were able to do that for us and the impact that it had on our careers and our lives. And we need to really be intentional about doing that for others. I love that reminder. That is so important. I appreciate you bringing that up. According to the U.S. Small Business 
administration, about 42% of all businesses in the U.S. are women-owned. How can other women join this upward trend? How can they leverage their passion to build a business? Kind of a big question, right? It's basically me saying, Cindy, what do they do? Like, how do we get started? But again, I know that you have so much experience in this and you talk to so many people and you see it so often. So like, what would your advice be to these women that are just starting out that have these dreams? It's passion, but it's passion with purpose. And it's when you combine those two, because sometimes there's plenty of things that we may be passionate about, but it really doesn't have a purpose. There's other things that you might be very purposeful about, but if you don't have the passion behind it, it doesn't really work. It's when you combine those two, you know, just like Christine did for Mopuiz. She had a passion for making sure that everyone was going to be able to have food around the table no matter what, whether they had a gluten allergy or some of the other top 10. And that was her purpose. But the passion came through to find that solution for her family and for others. And now she's got people coming from out of state. Right. to buy her product. They're flocking to her because they it's almost like they feel her energy and they feel her passion and and want to support. Plus she just has plain good products. There's that too. So I love how that has come together for her. And she said it with the learning that we went and talked about earlier, right? So she didn't know anything about being a baker. She worked in, you know, selling optical frames and doing that kind of stuff. And she was willing to try and learn and maybe fail a little bit, you know, use that as learning to fuel your, your success a little bit more and kept pushing forward because she so strongly believed in what she was trying to achieve. And lots of times it's, it's that passion that kind of helps you fuel those, past those rough bumps in the road. I was just going to say those rough bumps, while they're not fun for any of us, if you can get past them on your own, figure out a way, make it happen. Oh my gosh, you feel so amazing. And you're on the top of the world afterward. I did that. I know how to do that. I can navigate tough waters, you know? And so I love that. I know she had that along the way. And I love that she was able to figure out a way to get past that and continue on. It's sort of like your own pat on the back, really, and saying, hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can navigate anything. So it's so funny that you mentioned that because at one of the women's agency leadership conferences we held a few years ago, we were talking about that, how women don't always give themselves the pat on the back. Many of us, myself included, we were kind of raised not to be boastful. And you don't need to talk about your success. You can just quietly go about your business and others will notice or not. But that's how it was. And this woman who's an agency partner of ours and someone who I consider just a colleague and a friend, her name is Casey Campion-Renna, and she brings sunshine into any room she walks into. And when she was on the panel, I asked for some final thoughts about how to be successful. And I will never forget this, and I've shared it with millions of people. She said, sometimes you just have to throw your own parade. Wow. Right. I loved it. I loved it. We actually used it as a hashtag for that event, and it was a few years ago. But I just saw her this past week, and I told her once again, I am always so mindful of that, that sometimes you just have to throw your own parade. Yeah. It's so hard to do. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good reminder, though. It is. And sometimes people need to encourage you to do it. You know, I heard you talking to Christine and talking about the grant that she received from the New York Jets and Visa. That came because someone in her network, 
who believed in her, suggested that she fill out a form for this grant. And when she was doing so, that was a little mini parade for herself. She had to kind of mm-hmm. say what was so great about her business, why it was important, the impact she was making. And that little mini parade she threw turned out to be a $10,000 award, which is quite the ticker tape parade at the end of the day. Go figure. And no one is sitting here saying you were bragging or, right. you know, you were boastful. They, It's the opposite. It's like, congratulations, you deserve that. You work hard and you built this empire. So exactly. to that, good for her. Yep. I know that at Selective, you have an employee resource group called Women at Work, which you are the founder and leader for. So what inspired the creation for that group and and what's sort of the mission of that group for you? Well, there are a few of us who have been involved in this since its inception. And it's interesting because it was born out of a different group. So the Women's Agency Leadership Group that I mentioned earlier, we had created this on behalf of our agency partners because one woman in our region had really felt passionately about that and surrounding herself with women and kind of bringing that back and giving back to our agency partners that way. And a number of us started and leaned in with her and founded that group. And it was a huge success. It was so successful that employees said, we would like some of that. Can we have that opportunity to network and to learn and to be surrounded by other strong women? So then Women at Work was born from that. That's really neat. Good for you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great, Carolyn. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have today. I want to say thank you so much to Christine Allen and Selective Cindy Heismeyer for joining us today for our first episode. And thank you, the listener, for pressing play on this episode of Uniquely Small Biz. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review in the podcast store. And tune in next month for more inspiring stories from real small business owners. I'm Carolyn McCardle, and this has been Uniquely Small Biz from Selective Insurance.